Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. Because of our humanistic tendencies, we want to say, you know, we we don't want to fear God. We can just take care of ourselves. We don't have to be dependent upon God for wisdom. Uh, We're pretty smart. We can dig a hole in the ground and find gold and call ourselves wonderful. So we, we replace the fear of the Lord with our own sense of wisdom. Instead of fearing the Lord first, we replace the fear of the Lord with fear of those with, say, military power or governmental authority. Because it stands to reason that those in power... They're in power, they must be wise, otherwise they wouldn't be in power. I mean, there's, there's a certain connection there in our, our finite little minds that those who rule over us should be wiser than we are. <laughs> Instead of fearing the Lord, we'll move on. Instead of fearing the Lord first, we fear those with, say, scientific degrees and those who are philosophical thinkers. Because, again, it stands to reason in our finite little minds that those with degrees and those with a bunch of facts and statistics, they must be wise. If they have a bunch of knowledge, they must be wise. We replace the fear of the Lord with some other force or some other person or some other entity. The book of Job makes the case And then history proves it out that there is no such thing as human wisdom. We fear the government because we think that they're wiser. We fear those with degrees and certificates and education because we think that they're wiser. We fear all of these other things that we think are wiser than us. And we we fear them instead of fearing the Lord. And then we wonder why we don't have wisdom. Book of Job makes the case, and history proves the point. There's no such thing as human wisdom. And that especially includes all the people who are listening right now who just thought to themselves, but Brent, I think I'm pretty wise. Here we go, on to Proverbs. I'm back to my title, The Foundation for Wisdom. And uh, we are we are going to look at the first seven verses of Proverbs relatively quickly. So don't disengage. This is where we're actually really starting. So turn into your Bibles uh, to Proverbs chapter one. Uh, That's where we're going. The book of Proverbs, I'll give you just a little uh, synopsis here, a little information. The book of Proverbs is unique in the sense that it is not a story and it's not a teaching that develops one point to the next. Uh, We call it a didactic. So it's not a narrative where we just tell a story like Genesis. Um, but then it's not like uh, Ephesians or Galatians where it's, a, it's called a didactic, where it's a teaching and you have a point and then it builds on the next point and the next point builds and, and it goes from one to next. This is a collection, Proverbs is a collection of wise or memorable sayings. These Proverbs come mostly from King Solomon's observations of life. So there tend to be one-liners. Uh, there's a few places where there's several that go together. A proverb, a proverb is generally true, generally true. 
They are not absolute. That's, that's important as we go through this because uh, once we're down into the study a little ways, we're going to come across a proverb and you're going to read it and you're going to say, well, I can think of an exception to that. It's because it's not a rule. It's not a law. It's a general guideline. If they were absolute, if these proverbs were absolute, they would be laws, not proverbs. Proverbs are little bits of knowledge that require wisdom to know when and how to apply to your life. These proverbs are going to require some wisdom to use. Rules always apply. Now, from the very beginning, Solomon tells us the purpose for his writing, for him writing these proverbs down. So follow along carefully. Hopefully you have your Bibles open. It'll be on the screen here. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. He says, these are the Proverbs Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Now, a little Bible trivia in in case you're playing playing Bible trivia with the family. Uh, Later this afternoon, you need to know these things. Saul was the first king of Israel. David was the second king of Israel. And Solomon was the third king over Israel before Israel divided into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. So uh, another little trivia is that Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, is David and Bathsheba's son. A little scandal there. If you know the story of David and Bathsheba, uh, Solomon ends up being their descendant. Verse 2, their purpose is to teach people, watch this, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Wisdom and discipline are going to go together. You don't get one without the other. We would like to have wisdom without discipline. We want to be smarter than everybody else without discipline. But Proverbs over and over is going to put wisdom and discipline together. They always travel together. That's a little bit disheartening for those who are not Discipline. Verse 3, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is, pay attention because we're going to come back to this, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. Got your brain around that? We are already having a learning moment here. Disciplined and successful lives, disciplined and successful lives are characterized by doing what is right, just, and fair. Here's the deal. Wisdom is doing what is right, just, and and fair. Now, I think that those sounds a lot like the characteristics of God. So it's not too far to say, it's not too far of a reach to say, wisdom reflects the character of God. Wisdom reflects the character of God in that whenever, when, when, in wis- when we 
when we talk and make a full sentence, whenever we are wise, when we live in wisdom, we will do what is right, just, and fair. Go on to verse four. These proverbs will give insight to the simple. These proverbs will give insight to the simple. Don't look around your living room right now. Knowledge and discernment to the young. Insight to the simple. Knowledge and discernment to the young. We're going to cover all this at a later time. Verse 5. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Here's the deal. These proverbs are written for the simple. They're written for the young. They're written for the wise. These proverbs are written for everyone. And then verse 7, and this is the last of the introduction uh, of the text of Proverbs. Verse 7, he says, fear of the Lord, this is going to sound familiar to you. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, I would like to camp here for just a minute. Verse 7 is the motto, or like in First John, or in, whenever I went through the Gospel of John, we had a key verse. This would be the key verse or the motto of Proverbs, that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Solomon, in his wisdom, put this right up front in the book of Proverbs, because as we saw in Job 28, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, of wisdom. So we're going to lay the foundation first, because without, listen carefully, without the fear of the Lord, Without a healthy fear of the Lord, you can read the rest of the book and still have no wisdom. That is true. I know some of you are having a hard time accepting that. Without the fear of the Lord, you don't have the foundation for wisdom. So you can read the rest of the book and still have no wisdom. Wisdom, Job and Solomon both tell us that the fear of the Lord is the foundation for which wisdom is established, that it's built upon. Without the fear of the Lord, there is no wisdom. All of these proverbs are built upon the foundation of the fear of the Lord. If we have no fear of the Lord, we will not grow in wisdom. Now, listen to me here. We fear, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm shifting gears here a little bit, okay? So, so we went through the text, and then I want you to listen to me, and then we're, we're close to the end. We fear what we perceive to be the biggest threat. Think about that for a second. We fear what we perceive to be the biggest threat. Now, whether that perception is based on emotions or logic. What we perceive to be the biggest threat is what we fear, and it is what we react to. I'm giving you a second to think. What we're afraid of, whether or not it's just an emotional thing or logical, what we fear most is what we tend to react to the most. Some people 
react emotionally to heights. I'm not a big fan of heights, but if you get me way up in the air, uh, last year I was on a ski lift with Diane. It was in the middle of the summer, and the ski lift came over an edge where the, the ground dropped really fast, and all of a sudden we were really high off the ground. So we went from like 15 feet off the ground to like 40 feet off the ground, and I was scared. That was just emotional. It wasn't logical at all. It was just emotionally I was afraid. I don't like heights. I don't. I, I reacted just out of emotion, out of fear. Now, others, others, because I, I tell that story, and I know that some of you people that are really thinkers, you're thinking, well, we always analyze the circumstances, and we come to a logical conclusion of when we should be afraid and when we should not be afraid of people or of circumstances or of viruses. Oh, gotcha, sucker. Yeah, we, we put all of our gears to work and all of our ingenuity. We take our, our mental capacity to dig in the ground and find a stone and polish it and call it a treasure. We take that same mental capacity and we apply it to logic today and we decide on what we should be afraid of and what we should not be afraid of because we are geniuses. What we fear largely determines our actions, our behavior, our decisions, and ultimately, listen carefully, what we fear largely determines our actions, our behavior, our decisions, and ultimately, our character. If you're fearful of the things of the world around you, you will behave consistently in a fearful way. You'll react in a fearful way. You'll do things out of that fear. Now, just last week, I hope you got your brain around all that because I'm moving on. Just last week, we read in soap the words of Jesus in Matthew 10, verse 28, where Jesus says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Got that? Men who can come and kill your body, but they can't touch your soul. And then Jesus goes on and he says, fear only God. I really messed some of you up there, didn't I? Jesus says, fear only God who can destroy both soul. Pardon me, I got tripped up on my tongue, fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. I hope that you had a kid's service this morning and now your kids are in the other room coloring or playing outside because this is going to get real and some of you are going to be tempted later. Your kids are going to ask you, uh, does mom or dad, does God really have the power to destroy both the soul and the body in hell? And you're going to have to give them an answer and I hope that you don't give them an answer that is based upon a foundation that is fearful of men or or whatever of being polluted politically correct. I hope that you can give them a biblical answer. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We fear what we perceive to be the biggest threat. That is just how human nature is. 
I said it before, it still holds true in this context. We fear what we perceive to be the biggest threat. If we perceive God as the ultimate, all-powerful, supreme being who can and will destroy both our, our souls and our body, then God, are you following me? Then God is a much bigger threat than all the other little things that we find to fear in this world. When we lose sight of God being God, when we lose sight of God being God, then we fear all kinds of crazy things. Things that Jesus told us, you don't need to fear those things. They can't take away your body and your soul and send you to hell. That, no, no, you should fear only God. Because if, if you don't have the right perspective of God being ultimately God and supreme, then we fear things like, well, you know, it's going to be way too hot this summer or it's going to be way too cold this, this winter. We fear things like, uh, I may not have any money at all or I may not have enough money. We fear that we will lose our ability to take care of ourselves. Um, one of these Sundays in Proverbs, I'm going to teach on money and work. We're going to put that fear into um, context. We, we fear that we'll lose the ability to take care of ourselves because we live under the delusion that we are who take care of ourselves, right? Because we're so smart. We fear for our health, we fear for our safety. We fear for the safety of, of those that we love. We fear that somebody could injure us. We fear uh, accidents, car accidents. We fear the government is going to destroy our nation. We fear our society is falling apart. We fear that a pandemic will take away our freedom and possibly our lives. Oh, there's so many things to be afraid of. Or you can fear God, as Job said. Verse 23 from chapter 28, God alone, say God alone, because you got to get this down into the core of your being. God alone, not God and preachers, Lord help us, not God and the president, not God and, and all of those that with lots of degrees, God alone understands the way to wisdom. He knows where it can, can be found. For he looks Picture this, for God looks throughout the whole earth and sees everything under the heavens. Where does God's wisdom come from? He sees everything, absolutely everything. Absorb that. He decided, God decided how hard the wind should blow and how much rain should fall. He made the laws for the rain and laid out the path for the lightning. So here's my point. Here's my point. If you believe in and fear the God, if you believe in and you fear the God who created the heavens and the earth, if you believe in and fear the God who measures the oceans in the palm of his hand and causes the sun to rise and calls the stars out by name every evening, if you believe in and fear the God who controls the moon and the stars and directs the hearts of kings just as he directs the course of a river, if you believe in and you fear the God who knows 
the number of hairs that are on your head and does not allow a sparrow to fall from the sky without his knowledge. If you believe in and you fear the God who would die to give you eternal life, then that is the only fear you need to worry about. That is the only fear you need to worry about. Then the fear of the Lord, watch this. When fearing the Lord is is what you're consumed with, what you're focused on, what you're concerned about living in, the fear of the Lord will keep you from making poor decisions about your health, about your money, about relationships, about your future, about all the little things that you can't control. You put your faith and your fear in the Lord God Almighty and you trust that he's got it. Then you don't have to fear all these other things because God is looking over everything, everywhere. He's got this. Now listen to me. Whether there is a global pandemic or a covert government takeover, the behavior, I'm going to let you catch up because now I make a political statement and your brains go 100 miles a different direction and I want you to stay with me. No matter what happens in this world, pandemic, the government, whatever, the behavior of those who fear the Lord will continue to be the same because their fear didn't change. Their fear didn't change. When our fear is in the Lord, then whenever all these other circumstances change, it doesn't affect us. Those whose fear is in the Lord, they will still do what is right just and fair. We talked about that just a little bit ago. It was in the scripture. Those who put their fear in the Lord will act with wisdom and discipline. They will continue to do what they've always done. They will do what is right and what is just and what is fair. Somebody says, Brent, things are falling apart. What are you going to do? I'm going to live and do what is right and just and fair. Well, what if the economy collapses? I'm going to continue to do what is right and just and fair. Well, what if everything bounces and we all become millionaires? I'm going to continue to do what is right and just and fair. Does that make sense? Are you with me? You're going to have to respond so that I know that you're with me, okay? When we put God first, I can tell some of you are typing as fast as you can. Respond. Brent said to respond. I'm with you. (laughs) When we put God first, when we view him as more important more powerful, more fearful than all the other factors in our lives, then, only then, can we trust that nothing can happen that will catch God by surprise. God is the biggest thing. He is the only thing that we have to fear. When Israel, and I know that some of you are still having a hard time with that, so I'm, I'm going to close with this here. When Israel failed to fear the Lord, think back to the Old Testament with me. When Israel failed to fear the Lord and they began to embrace evil, it didn't matter who the king was and it didn't matter how the economy was and it didn't matter how big their army was, they were supernaturally in trouble. When they stopped fearing God, all these other things didn't make a hoot of difference because God was upset with them and they were in trouble. They stopped fearing God 
And now they're in supernatural trouble. On the other hand, when they feared God, when Israel turns back to God and they turned away from evil and they honored the Lord God Almighty, at that point, it didn't matter who the king was. It didn't matter who had enslaved them. It didn't matter how bad their economy was. It didn't matter how small their army was. They were supernaturally cared for, supernaturally loved. They were supernaturally safe. We see that throughout the history of the Old Testament. I believe, I believe that the lack of wisdom in our current culture is that even among so-called Christians, there is very little fear of the Lord. We believe that, did you get that? There's very little fear of the Lord, even in Christianity. We believe that God can destroy the body and the soul because the scriptures tell us about that. But then we deviate and we begin to believe, but I don't think that you really will. That's why I said some of you are going to have a hard time explaining this to your children later because you're not going to want to tell your children that God does destroy the body and the soul in hell of those who are not believers. You're going to cop out and say, God's a loving God and, and he just has mercy and he doesn't really destroy people. And that, that's why we, we don't fear God. We don't fear God. And so then we have no wisdom. I got off of my notes. We got to get back here. We believe that God can destroy the body and the soul, but we don't believe that he will. We prefer to view God not as almighty, supreme, supernatural God, but we view him as more of a vending machine when we put in enough prayers and we ask right and we're, we do enough good things and then we're a good enough person, then God will dispense to us whatever it is that we think we want. It's not a biblical view of God and it's not a God we have to fear. We don't fear God and we don't have wisdom. We view this as our world and he assists instead of viewing this as his world and we are his guests. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Without the fear of the Lord, there is no wisdom. Without forsaking evil, there is no understanding. Gaining wisdom from the book of Proverbs or anywhere else for that matter begins with our view of God. We have to see God as the absolute giver and taker of life. He is worthy of being feared. We have to see God as being in su supreme control of our destiny. We have to see God as being terribly and fantastically powerful. Because if we fail to see God as he is defined in the Bible, we have every reason to fear all the other little things that you and I cannot control. And then, Instead of living in the wisdom of God, we will live in the emotion of the moment and we will make decisions based on our limited knowledge. 
That, church, is not wisdom. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing the Lord gives us a foundation for learning and growing in wisdom. So in closing this morning, I really am closing, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to give us, first of all, a correct view of who he is and a healthy fear of him. And then we're going to ask God to begin to give us wisdom as we study the book of Proverbs. Bow your heads with me. I know it's a little uncomfortable in your living room, but bow your heads with me and pray. Father, you are the king of all things. You are king of heaven and earth. You are glorious and you are mighty. You are wonderful and you know all things. Father, I pray for all of us this morning that you would help us to come to a correct view, a correct perception of who you truly are, that you are a great and a mighty and an awesome, all-powerful God. You are a God who is worthy of all of our trust, all of our faith, and you are worthy of our fear because you are fearfully awesome. Father, I pray that you give us a right view of you so that we have a healthy fear of you And Lord, I ask that you would give us wisdom. Give us that foundation of fearing you. And then Lord, as we go through the book of Proverbs, as we do our soap every day and we read your word, Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom. Give us your wisdom. Not not the wisdom of men, but and not the wisdom of scholars, not understanding, not just academic knowledge, but Father, I pray that you give us your wisdom, that your Holy Spirit come into our lives and teach us and fill us with your wisdom. Father, we just trust you with all that we are. Lord, we do fear you because you are a great and mighty and an awesome God. Father, give us wisdom in living in this world. Lord, be glorified in all that we do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And God bless you guys. Thank you for being here this Sunday. Uh, Hope to see you here next Sunday. You have been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. on Main Street in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.